Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests on JM in the AM. We start with Jamie Geller. She was on to talk about Karen Hashvias and the importance of supporting the farmers in Israel. Jamie Geller, recent guest on JM in the AM, now on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, um, many of you know that some of the campaigns that we have running here at JM in the AM actually fit in perfectly with our Elul Chesed campaign. And Karen Ashvias does, in fact, fit right in. As you know, there are um, a lot of farmers in Israel, and they are facing a tremendous challenge now at the beginning of a Shemitah year. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to say it. A tremendous challenge uh, to the farmers of Israel. And the truth is, we've been saying over the last few days that we have an opportunity to partner with them, help them get through the year, and help them uh, uh, keep and maintain um, a livelihood and at the same time an unbelievable mitzvah from the Torah. Remember, a farmer not only has the uh, uh, Shemitah to worry about where he's getting no profit at all from his farm, but he knowingly goes into debt, having to pay for his lease on his land, pay off the loans on his machines. Karen Ashvies is the only organization directly supporting the farmer and every penny you donate ensures that he can survive the year information, you can go to karenhashvias.org, karenhashvias.org, or you can uh, dial 888-675-6694, 888-675-6694. One of the most outspoken people about the um, uh, the need for the farmers um, that Karen Hashvias deals with is the one and only Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, uh, the celebrity chef. Uh, the cookbook author, uh, the um, uh, chief media and marketing officer for Aish in Israel uh, and worldwide, and uh, for our purposes, a real friend of Karen Ashvias. Jamie is with us live via telephone from Israel. Jamie Geller, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Oh, it's so exciting. You give the warmest welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was wonderful seeing you in Israel. I know it's going to make a lot of people jealous because <laughs> I feel guilty that I was able to get to the Holy Land this summer, but it was wonderful seeing you in the Holy City of Jerusalem. It was so special to be together. I'll treasure the picture that we took together <laughs> on the roof of age. It was so lovely and great to catch up with your wife and fun all around. Yeah, it was really nice. And I'll tell you, folks, there ain't no better view in the world. When Jamie says the picture looks great, has nothing to do with the people in it. The background is simply historic and amazing. So tell me how you became a friend of Karen Hashvias. How did this all evolve? You know, it's so funny. So it goes back um, seven, eight years ago. They first contacted me before the last Shemitah. I was new here to Israel. And some of the, you know, we're talking about the challenge to the farmers, but for new Olim here coming around to Shemitah year, or for those who haven't yet experienced one, there's a lot of anxiety and nervousness. Do I buy? What do I buy? How do I... How do I, um, you know, keep the produce just from, you know, in your kitchen and in your home perspective? And so we first started talking back then, and then we circled back around this year. And it has been the most intense, beautiful, heartbreaking, yet heartwarming and inspirational experience um, to get to know the organization more um, and partner with them as we travel all around the country, north to south, east to west, 
and speaking to the farmers and actually getting to know them and their families and specifically the wives of the farmers. Some are female farmers, some are partners to their husbands in the fields, and some are just partners at home and seeing what this year's Shemitah looks like for them, which obviously pales in comparison to the homemaker trying to decide, you know, which produce to buy and how to dispose or not dispose, you know, of the Shemitah produce. Yeah, Shemitah does cause um, uh, some challenging situations that people need to be educated about in Israel. Uh, but you're right, the, the, the farmer situation is certainly the most challenging. Jamie Geller is with us live via telephone. And, and this, and I'm very open with this audience, you know, this is a campaign for us as we try to help Karen Ashvias, but uh, it fits right into our El Chesed campaign because... Uh, uh, you're, we're literally, as one uh, gives to, as one supports Karen Ashvias, they are supporting farmers that have made this commitment to, to the land and to our tradition, and frankly, to our Torah. It is a mitzvah specifically uh, from the Torah. Now, I've been, I've been hard. I know there's a lot of messages here, and nobody knows about messages in media like you do. Uh, but I've really been focused on this one message, and that is that uh, you know, you know, these farmers have to uh, make a financial sacrifice like none other. They are not uh, um, making any money from their farm. And on top of that, they have leases on their land. They have machinery that has to be paid for. They have loans out for whatever they've needed in the past. And and here's our opportunity to support them. So with all the messages out there about the importance of Karen Ashvias, I think that that might be the most important one. We're putting money back into the pockets of farmers who have no choice but to spend money during this year. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And to take it even a step further, many of them, it's very hard to get workers. I spoke to a lot of farmers, and I think, you know, maybe a generation ago, it was very romantic to become a farmer and to work the land, but it's becoming less and less what the next generation of youth are doing here in the country, and so they, it's very hard for them to get good workers, to hold on to workers, so many of them will not let their workers go, and they will pay them throughout the year, even if they won't work, just to know that they have their reliable farmhands who have been with them. So that's in addition to all the bills that you mentioned. On top of that, think about some of them are making a simcha this year. What if they have a bar mitzvah? What if they have a wedding? There's, you know, um, situations like that. And in addition, many of them have contracts that they have to fulfill for distri- distribu- distribution, distributors across the country, whether, you know, some of them get big contracts with national distributors. They lose them. If they decide this year they're not going to supply the contract, they're losing their contract. So sometimes they're forfeiting contracts that are three, four, five, six years old. But if they can't supply, then they're dropped like a hot potato, if you will, by these larger companies, and they just go to the next farm that's willing to supply them the potatoes for the year, and they give them the next five, ten-year contract. There's so many layers and layers of this is going implications. And then on top of that, and 5781 and 5782 add the whole COVID situation because I'm sure there's some yeah. bene- some benefits for those who are selling food during COVID, but I would imagine that the majority of the situations that a farmer or anybody in business faces during COVID is a very, very big challenge. Of course, every single industry was hit, including the farming industry, so they're coming off like the last 18 months, which, you know, we're not the most stellar in terms of uh, business for really, like I said, any industry. And I actually recently just visited a farm just last week at the Gaza border. I mean, I almost literally could have touched the border, (laughs) and they had to deal with the last Gaza war. And I I think it's really, really interesting just to teach everyone here. uh, You know, the Iron Dome intercepts the missiles that are headed for populated residential areas. But... Missiles that are going to fall in open fields, they let go because we know the cost of every single battery that it takes to intercept the missile, right. and we need to keep that to protect human life. 
Well, guess what? The open fields are farmland. And we saw literally holes in greenhouses, holes in hothouses, damage to fields like COVID and the war and the sheep. It's like so intense for some of them. I am crying along with them. I can only imagine. I didn't even consider that, how much of their land has been destroyed by the enemy. Uh, Everybody out there, um, as we've been saying, you determine, or all of us, determine how many farmers will keep Shemitah simply by the commitment that Karen Ashvias can make to the farmers and the farming industry during this Shemitah year. It's pretty easy to give. Go to KarenHashvias.org, KarenHashvias.org, or you could dial 888-675-6694, and uh, and make a donation and get more information. As you heard Jamie Geller say, uh, there are uh, farmers from north to south, east and west, east to west in Israel, uh, of all types, all backgrounds, and all sizes in terms of their farms and their and their um, uh, operation uh, that are in great need uh, during this uh, uh, upcoming Shemitah year. And you know, one of the things you mentioned, Jamie, is the anxiety. I know what it's like, you know, the day the day before a fast day when you worry when when you when you worry about you know about uh, making sure to eat enough. I can only imagine what it's like two weeks before the shemitah year when these farmers are building that anxiety within and just wondering, you know, how how on earth am I going to make it through this? You know, once you're in it, you know how it is. Once you're in it, the the you know the the, the focus changes, but beforehand the anxiety yeah. builds like crazy. Yeah, you can't even imagine, and you can't imagine what it's doing to their relationships in their home life as well. You know, some husband and wives are like full force together as one, one mind, one body, one soul, moving forward to Shita. Another one, it's like the farmer, the husband feels really passionate about it, but the wife is not yet on board. She wants to support the husband. And she, I've heard a few of the wives speaking about getting up at night, crying in the middle of the night. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And really can continue to ask the husband, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Now, that will do... Like, you know, that could penetrate anyone's resolve when right. their partner, their their spouse is sitting there crying. Like, how can we do this? And it makes them question their own commitment to the mitzvah. And you have to know, you said all types. There are many farmers here. They're not wearing yarmulke. They're not wearing tzitzit. If you would look at them, you would not consider them to be religious. And they have taken on this mitzvah with a passion that is so inspiring. And because of them, and if we give, we can partner with them, we can do a mitzvah that we would never be able to do without right. them. So there's so many layers and layers here to the conversation and the buildup um, and what it means to partner with these farmers and their families. And I know this is not our focus today, but it is pretty amazing the stories you hear about farmers who have in the past made this commitment and then the blessings that were showered upon them you know, in subsequent years. Now, again... We don't know exactly how the one above works, so we don't we don't want to make believe that we know how the formula operates. Uh, but still, it's something to hear stories like that, where the farmers make this commitment, are assuming they're going to hit rock bottom, and then you know, as things can as, as things open up, and as the shemitah year starts to end, all of a sudden they're being showered with blessings. So I think it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something we say, you know, to make ourselves feel better and to inspire, you know, the farmers. But the truth is every single farmer I spoke to is not doing it because they're so much on a blessing. They're not doing it because they believe a miracle is coming. They're doing it because they believe it's right. And in fact, the opposite, they believe it's wrong, meaning that they're, I wouldn't say fearful, right. but like they, you know, they think it's, you, you can't, we can't not do this. It's more coming from the opposite motivation than, oh, a miracle is going to happen, and they're expecting abundant blessings. Because 
the miracles, while they do happen and they are amazing, they do make us feel good about all this. No one is doing it, you know, expecting that or with that in mind. I hear that. Uh, by the way, we sh- I assume, I mean, you know, uh, obviously, you know, raising money for Karen Ashree is the most important thing because we want to be able to help out uh, in terms of their efforts with the farmers. But I would assume one of the other things Karen Ashree is doing is in a way trying to convince certain farmers that are just not 100% sure they can make this commitment to go ahead and do it. And, you know, you, you need you need a little money behind you to, you know, to have a conversation with them. You need to know that you'll be able to support them if you're trying to encourage them to keep the mitzvah of Shemitah. I would assume that's also part of the whole mix, right? Of course. Of course. So there are those who are gung-ho who seek out Karen Ashiyas, and there are those that Karen Ashiyas goes out and educates. There are many farmers that don't know about this. I mean, think about, you know, um, the vastness of the people that make up, you know, this land and that they're farming. Right. There's a level of education. There's a, leg- a level of support. There has to be a level of encouragement. Um, so their work began a long, long time ago, really just pounding the pavement or the farmland, if you will, talking to farmers and explaining what this mitzvah is. Yep. And their goal for this year, Karen Ashvitz, or our goal, let's say, since we're all in this together, is really to get 51% of the farmland Israel, um, that that should lie fallow for the Shemitah year. And that represents $65 million. It's a $65 million commitment to support just for that 51% of the farmland in Eretz Israel should lie fallow. Yeah. So they have time, uh, you know, uh, of work ahead, but there's a lot of, like, sort of education and, insp- and encouragement that needs to go into this as well for those farmers that don't know or are on the fence. And uh, hitting 51 would be very significant. I mean, God looking down and seeing that the majority are doing it would be pretty cool. Uh, Karen Ashvies, it's very simple, everybody. It fits right into our Elul Chesed campaign. Um, uh, that's what this campaign for Karen Ashvies does, and I hope everybody takes a close look at it. There's plenty of information online. Go to karenashvies.org, karenashvies.org, and help with the mitzvah of Shemitah in Israel. karenashvies.org. You can also dial 888 888- Six seven five six six nine four eight 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 six seven five six six nine four. She's a celebrity chef, a cookbook author, uh, the um, chief media and marketing officer for Aish in Israel and around the world, and she is a very close friend of Karen Ashvias, and that's Jamie Geller. Jamie, I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. You're an inspiration not only for all the things that I just mentioned, uh, but the fact that you uh, th- that you speak with such great pride and joy about your aliyah, which seems to be going very, very well for you and your family, and there's nothing to us more important than that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love to the entire family and to all your listeners. Welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Jamie Geller, everybody. Karen Ashvias at the karenashvias.org or 888-675-6694. Amazing to check in with her uh, about her latest efforts on this. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to her again. She's involved in so many wonderful things and is a wonderful guest. Wednesday morning broadcast. That was my conversation with Jamie Geller. We've been talking about our Elul Chesed campaign, and Leora Teji leads Armeu Bracha in Jerusalem, providing hundreds of families with food before Yontif. Here's my conversation with Leora Teji on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Our Elul Chesed campaign is in full swing. And from the very beginning of our Elul Chesed campaign, which began on Rosh Chodesh, remember that Monday? Rosh Chodesh Elul, that's when our Elul Chesed campaign began. From the very beginning, we've been asking people to please keep in mind our Meir Obracha. 
the Terror Victim Support Center in Jerusalem. Leora Teji and her amazing family uh, give every single week so much food and necessities to poor people in Israel, Yerushalayim and beyond. And now, before Rosh Hashanah Sukkot, you can imagine just how much they're going to have to give to make sure everybody gets through the holiday. So we are asking everybody to keep in mind Armeir Bracha. How do you support Armeir Bracha now before the brand new year of 5782? Terror-victims.org.il. Terror-victims.org.il. Leora Teji, Shalom, Shalom, Shana Tova. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Leora, is it possible that to give the number of carrots that you have to give to families that you're spending four and a half thousand dollars, is it possible that you're spending four and a half thousand dollars on oil? Is it possible you're spending over three thousand dollars on bananas? Is it possible you're spending over $2,500 on honey? Is it possible that the wine that you give to families before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot costs over $5,000? Is it possible that the chickens that you have to give to the poor people that you support before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot is $50,000? Leora, is it possible that these are the actual costs? Yes, it's possible, and this is the, and I didn't include, when you was here, Nahum, I didn't include more things that we have to give, because, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, I say when the people see the list, I not want that they, uh, that they say it's, uh, it's unbelievable how much uh, money we can uh, help to people for victims of terror. But it's possible, yes. Every week, every week we give them. And now, Bezrat Hashem, before the Chagim, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure we have. Because a lot of people, uh, you know, they uh, they call to the office, they came to my house, they're begging to me, please help us, please help us. And Do especially you... when you see the small kids, it broke my heart. Do you know the number of hundreds of families that you're now helping? Do you know... How many how many families do you think you're now helping on a regular basis? What could you tell us? Every week I help to four hundred families. Wow. And the Zrat Hashana, five hundred people, they're gonna get from me Bezrat Hashem one box of ten chicken, each one of them, and oil olive oil and and sugar and Bezrat Hashem honey and dates and and flour, and a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, things for uh, Rosh Hashanah, and pomegranate, and vegetables, and fruit. So every, uh, so, so every time that someone gives a donation, they are having a chalek, they're having a part, a portion, of giving 500 families food for Yom Tov. For sure, yes, absolutely, wow. yes. Wow. I mean, everybody out there in this audience, you know what our Elul Chesed campaign has been focused on, and I've made it very clear, unlike some other campaigns where I also make it clear, we are not benefiting a penny from our mayor of Bracha. We are doing this just to make sure that Leora Teji has what she needs to give to families before Rosh Hashanah and before Sukkot. And all you have to do to have a portion of giving 500 families what they need for Yuntif is to go to terror 
terror-victims.org.il, terror-victims.org.il. Now, Leora, um, you showed me when I was in Yerushalayim, you showed me a little, I'm not even sure how to say it uh, in, in, in New York terms. I have to think about exactly how to describe it. But essentially, it's a small scooter. It's a covered scooter that would allow people to much more easily travel through Yerushalayim and the narrow streets and all the traffic of Jerusalem. Now, that scooter costs about $8,000. Why is it important for you and the families to have access to a, to a scooter like that? Uh, because after the bombing, a lot of the people, they, uh, they cannot, uh, if uh, Shalom, they have a problem in the eyes, Oh, they pro- they have a problem in the hand, and they cannot be like uh, like before. Uh, but they need to go to to buy food. They need to go to the to the to the doctor to take all the pills that they need. The, everything, so they not uh, they not uh, depend of people. They depend. They they feel that they not have um, that they not need to somebody to take them. Here and there, and it costs a lot, a lot of money, all the de- taxi and everything. So we buy them for few uh, families we buy already. And Baruch Hashem, you have to see them how they suddenly they they have the smile. They so happy. They uh, give so ma- many blessings to the other uh, people that they uh, can go out from the house. And special now with the Corona and everything, a lot, a lot of people at home. And uh, I not want to say nobody care, but uh, because the distance, so we have to do a lot, a lot of things by themselves. And yeah. it's a big, big scoot and mitzvah to help them. The uh, It's very simple. This scooter, everybody, uh, that costs $8,000 of a synagogue or an individual or a group wants to put together the money and sponsor one, it goes to a family um, that you know needs to get to doctor's appointments, needs to get to the pharmacy, needs to get to supermarkets. Uh, and has no other way to get around and cannot afford uh, the cabs, etc. They want to be free and independent, which we always encourage. And this is one of the ways to help a family be free and independent. So if you want to um, sponsor a scooter that um, uh, goes through the narrow streets of Jerusalem and is able to avoid a lot of the traffic in Jerusalem to make life a little easier for these families that have gone through so much, you can contact Leora. Uh, again, the uh, address, the email address is office at terror-victims.org.il, office at terror-victims.org.il. Uh, and, of course, you could use the website to donate. Uh, but if you do want to give and uh, sponsor one of the scooters uh, to help a family permanently, uh, then please be in touch with Leora directly uh, through the email address. And it's almost Rosh Hashanah. If... if um, if if Rosh Hashanah is Monday night, are you going to be giving out the food for Rosh Hashanah this week or next week, Leora? Bezrat Hashem on September September second, we're going to give all the food. Bezrat Hashem for Rosh Hashanah. And then, of course, food for Sukkot as well. Uh, you know the basic needs, everybody. We've gone through this many many times on the air. We just went through it a few minutes ago with Leora Tedji, who leads our mayor Ubracha in uh, Yerushalayim. Uh, it's very simple. Each one of these items costs money. Uh, and the honey for 500 families costs over $2,500. The halot, over $4,000. The wine, $5,200. The chickens that Leora just described, everyone gets a healthy 
supply of chickens, $50,000. Apples, over $6,000. Potatoes, over $4,000. Maybe you want to sponsor a specific food item. Whatever you want to do, please do it. Be part of our Elul Chesed campaign. Give to our Mayor Ubracha. Every time you give a donation, you have a portion of 500 families getting food for Yontif. It's as simple as that. And I've seen the operation in action. They're, they're really giving it out. They're giving out food and a lot of food. And a lot of people who are in need uh, are able to make Yontif because of them. Simple as that. Leora, I hope that uh, you're getting what you need in order to make this happen. Ani mikaveh. Ani mikaveh sheyesh lach masha atzricha la'asot et kol zeh bishvil chamesh meot mishpachot. I tell you the truth. First I jump and then I swim. I say to Hashem, I give to your children. And I'm sure that the people, when they hear, they hear me, the, the heart of the neshama, they're going to hear me. And Be'ezrat Hashem, they're going to give. And I want to bless all of you, Be'ezrat Hashem, all the people that they uh, listen to your uh, station. May Hashem should give them Be'ezrat Hashem k'tiva v'chatima tova. Amen. Shana tova u'metuka. Amen. Shefa, bracha, atzlacha, refuah, siyata dishmaya. And not have the corona, and not have any sick, Be'ezrat Hashem. We're going to be very, very, very good children for Hashem. And Hashem should give us, Be'ezrat Hashem, a lot of siyata dishmaya for everyone. And each one of the family, Be'ezrat Hashem, they're going to be happy because each one of the people, they listen to your station, Nachum. <laughs> and I want to, to tell you, Nachum, David and Esther, that all what you're doing for all Meir and Bracha, may Hashem should give you back. Amen, amen. Leora, Shana Tova, Vitodaraba, and we're going to continue to tell people to help as much as they can. Thank you so 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 much. And if they want the the name of the the name on the Kalnoit that they want to buy, no problem. Yep. We can put yep. the name. 100%. Whatever they want, they can meet the families also, no problem. And Aikar Bezrat Hashem to give. Hundred percent. Yeah. Anybody out there who would like to sponsor one of those scooters for a family? Next time you're in Israel, you'll be able to meet that family, and of course, obviously, the scooter will. Um, will indicate that uh, you and your family have donated it uh, to a very, very important cause, or Mayor Ubracha. It's $8,000 to sponsor one scooter uh, in use by one or more families uh, in Yerushalayim. Uh, but uh, our El Chesed campaign, very simple. Every time you give, you are getting a share in providing 500 families. I knew it was a big number. I knew it was a big number. I knew it was not 50 families. 500 families. Food for Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. 500 families. You give $10, it's 10 divided by 500. You give $1,000, 1000 divided by 500. Every family will be benefiting from your donation, no matter how large, no matter how small. Terror-victims.org.il terror-victims.org.il. Very simple. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Leo Riteji. Speaking of our Elul Chesed campaign, Steve Adelsberg was on recently to discuss just that, doing nice things for people before the Yom Tov season commences. Steve Adelsberg, recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and Alchemsegal.com, and the Alchemsegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app.
Well, Steve Adelsberg, who yesterday was appointed chairman of our Elul Chesed campaign, completely unbeknownst to him, but it doesn't sound like he's rejecting the title. It sounds like he's accepting it with uh, with great honor. He's with us live via telephone on this 16th day in the month of Elul, just two weeks before Rosh Hashanah, as we are trying to encourage people to be as generous as possible, not just with money, but with time, with consideration, with gestures for others uh, before Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. Lots of needy people in our community, lots of single parents with children and others that just need to know that there's somebody out there thinking about them and caring about them. Uh, and we will get to this topic right after we cover the uh, latest in uh, uh, in the world of sports, of course, uh, with our special guest live via telephone, Steve Adelsberg. Mr. Adelsberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Hey, I don't know you to have my father on the line, Mr. Adelsberg. <laughs> what, a di- <laughs> what, a di- what a difference two weeks makes in Major League Baseball, huh? What a difference a day makes. Ten in a row. What can I tell you? What can I just sit back and enjoy it? Those of you who are not Yankee fans, you're not uh, nearly as happy as the two people who are speaking right now on the air, but just realize that uh, our team, my gosh, over the last couple of weeks, they have completely turned I think you said the words. Nothing. I think you said the words. That's what the Yankees are doing for us. In other words, in other words, this is remind this is reminding you of the good old days, huh? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, reminding you of the classic Yankee teams. Um, and by the way, speaking of of baseball, uh, this, as you know, this was the time of year right between uh, the end of the summer season in the Catskills and the beginning of the brand new year, when our dear friend Lobo Chaim Silber of blessed memory would come on the air, and I've told you that I've actually transcribed some of the conversations I've had with him because of his words about Chesed. But we would also start those conversations regarding the Bungalow Baseball League. Would you happen to know how any of the teams did this year up in the Bungalow Baseball League, Mr. Adelsberg? I have no clue, I have to tell you. I thought about it. But, you know, the... You talking about the OBBL, you know what I mean? What is what is uh, what about your local team? Was there a team that represented your area of the mountains? You well, to tell you the truth, we have our own baseball field now in Sackett Lake. Wow! And and I have to tell you, you see these little kids playing baseball, and I and they just love it. It's just a game. We all talk about basketball. Hockey, the new hockey. In yeshivas, they play hockey. Right. Yeshivas, they play basketball. There's something about a baseball game. Something yeah. about watching a baseball game or playing a baseball game. It's something. It's we had we had on last Friday, 18 kids playing. But that that's great. But we had kids from I'd say from legitimately seven to eight, up to 20, age 20, and we're playing together. And they say the next generation isn't into, isn't into baseball. Well, where you are, they are. I don't, I don't know, but these little kids were playing with their big brothers or the other one. They, they were sitting there going, like, life doesn't get better than this. Yeah, what a I great... What like, a, life, isn't it? You've reached the pinnacle of life. What a great family and generational experience that is. Are there bleachers on the uh, on the field up at Sackett Lake, or they haven't installed those well, yet? Well, we haven't really got the bleachers yet, but we're, it's, it's a working process. We're doing these little things. We got to put the we got to put the you know the 
the mark is out in the outfield. Uh, I believe we have a short porch. <laughs> we don't have a, it's only 170 feet down the uh, right field line. Mm, right interesting. The Those lefties must love it, I'll tell you. Uh, you know what they say about the bleachers. If you build it, they will come. So make sure to install them as soon as possible. Steve Adelsberg is with us live via telephone. Well, we, we brought you on to congratulate you. I heard that without any resistance, you accepted chairmanship of our Elul Chesed campaign, and I wanted to thank you for that, and uh, and thanks for joining us on the air this morning to encourage wonderful acts, uh, wonderful mm-hmm. deeds in our community before the big holiday. Well, I have to tell you, say before I even know anything, you know, when Nachum Siegel calls you, <laughs> you just say yes, and then you wonder what you said yes to. <laughs> You may have just summed up the whole thing right there. <laughs> so, so chairmanship was a bit. I was once talking to one a Rosh Hashiva, and I said to him, "You know, there's somebody in Bensonhurst. It was based on Talmud, and I think, by the way, there's somebody in your area who isn't from Bensonhurst, and you might want to be able to get something for the yeshiva from him." Right. And he says to me, "No, I can't talk to him. He's a Hasidic guy." I go, "This is like 30 years ago. So, what difference does it make?" He goes. A chassid says like this. His rebbe says to him, I want you to give $15,000 to his mice. Right. And he goes home, and he says, and he says to him, he takes him to him, he starts saying to him, why? He thanks him for Coach Barclay that he didn't say 25000 <laughs> <laughs> Yet another way that it works. By the way, you're giving out too many tips here on the air. <laughs> you're giving out too much inside information for some of us. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Steve Adelsberg is with us, everybody. Chairman of our Elul Chesed campaign. Look, you know, it, this has been a tradition this time of year. We never really formalized it until now, until we started in Nissan and and encouraged people to just do nice things for others. But it's something we have spoken about so many times this time of year over the years. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I need people to be creative on their own. We don't. Ha- I'm giving suggestions to people. We've spoken about uh, helping the poor of Jerusalem through Leora Teji's fund at terror-victims.org.il. I mentioned that Kupath Ezra made us aware of just how many single parents with children are around in our communities around this country and the world uh, who need help, whether it's financial or just you know some moral support, help with rides, help with, uh, with chavrusas for the kids, help with getting them to a Saturday night learning program, help with taking them to a baseball game. And, and when we do the Great Adventure campaign, which we're starting, I think, on the 6th, on Labor Day, Erev Yontif, when we start talking about Cholomo Itzukis, uh at Great Adventure with NCSY this year, we're going to recommend, we always recommend that people buy tickets and let NCSY give them out to underprivileged families. But this year, for one time, because we don't want to be unfair, for one time we're going to emphasize that these tickets should be given to a single parents and their children just to give them an extra boost and a Cholomoid activity uh, this Cholomoid Sukkot when people are just desperate to get out and do stuff. Uh, so, Steve, I, I don't know if you want to give a suggestion or just give a word of uh, support for all of this because of your job as chairman, but I'm sure if people are creative, they'll think of a lot of different ways, financial and otherwise, that they can help others before Yuntif. Well, I would tell you, the words I once heard during this time of year was from Robert Friend. He once said something very powerful. Don't do something better. Do something different. Yeah. Do yeah. something different. Be creative. And so I have to tell you, you have to easy. This isn't about writing a check. Because that I have to tell you, that's sometimes it's easy. You're not talk about somebody who has the funds. Just just to take your time and 
Nobody can take any time for somebody else. You know, in two, in two weeks, we're going to have Russia shut up. Yeah. Great. So every Russia shut up, everybody gets called. Everybody gets called. You call your grandmother. If you, know, if you have a grandmother, that's great. But everyone gets called. On a normal Shabbos, this Shabbos, make your phone calls a week earlier. Make your phone calls a week early. Call somebody who doesn't get called. Just say, hey, you don't have to talk. You don't have to say a lot. Just say hello. It's amazing. Just one, two words, and they said, hey, you actually remember me. It's you know, funny. It's funny because that's really the key: is that people, people get such a boost just knowing that someone's thinking about them. It's as simple as that. Um, and like you know, you know what the, my father would say also, or my father on the show would say, you know, people run to funerals. They run to funerals. They say, "Hell, oh, I gotta go to the funeral." Don't run to funerals. Run to a simple. Yeah. You know, rough the corrupt the country. Someone goes, "Are you leaving early Sunday? Why?" Because ah, I got this wedding. Like, someone's bring a gun to your head, you have to go to this one. <laughs> you know, the only good thing about COVID, frankly, um, or, or, or one of the few things uh, that were good about it, is we stopped taking the simchas for granted. Because we were at a point, I think, as a community where it was just like, you know, uh, it was the same every single night, and so many people felt that you know staying somewhere for five ten minutes was sufficient. I think because of COVID, when things died down and all of a sudden the invitations dried up, I think people are are approaching the simchas with a little bit of a different attitude now. Thank God. It really, they really are, and they and people. You just when you see people and you're just happy to see people, yeah. you know, you're sitting around a group of people. You say, you know, what's so strange and nice, and you realize, hey. I didn't see this guy for two. I haven't seen him for two years. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's happening way too often. I'll tell you, it's happening way too <laughs> yeah. often these days. Anyway, the uh, chairman of our Elul Chesed campaign has one message, and that is to do something creative. That's Steve Adelsberg's advice for this morning. Think of something different. Think of something creative. Think of a way, whether it's a small gesture or a financial gesture, whatever it is, or one that doesn't cost a penny, uh, that you can enhance someone's yuntif or just let them know that you're thinking of them uh, uh, two weeks from last night on Monday night when they sit down to the yuntif meal. And there are a lot of people out there who exchange gifts, make sure to send, uh, well, you'd know about this, Steve, uh, gift baskets galore start showing up at a lot of different homes, uh, Erev Rosh Hashanah. Uh, not just the phone calls, but uh, gifts and honey and honey dishes and everything you can imagine. Uh, it would be nice if people would add a couple of people to their list that you know normally would not be recipients of that type of preemptive gift and let them know that they're thinking of them. I have to tell you, we were kids. I think I mentioned this once before. We were kids growing up. You know, back then you didn't have. Of course, you didn't have Easy Pass. Right. So we'd be we'd be in the car. We'd be going through the battery tunnel, and we paid the toll. For the guy behind I us. remember those days. <laughs> and we paid the toll. We know who the guy was, but the guy would know who paid that toll for me. Yeah. And he tried to, ha- and he tried to, who is it? And we catch up to you. We just wave and say hi. And he looked at us like, why? I said, and we look back at him and say, why not? Why not? And now, if someone's online at a supermarket and they see a family, especially a large family, in front of them. Sometimes that happens where they'll say, you know, just use this credit card, and it changes their whole preemptive season. Not just that hour, not just their day, but the whole season gets changed 
for a family when someone reaches out like that. So there are a lot of creative ways to do that. I'm glad you mentioned it because that is a complete random act of kindness, to say the least. (laughs) And and all you hope, by the way, all you hope in that case, although you didn't say it to the guy as you were waving, all you're hoping in that case is what we keep emphasizing, that they'll think of a creative way to do something for somebody else. If If this spurs them on to have somebody else in mind do something kind for them, then it's well worth it. It's like, you know, you know what the nicest thing people do? You're at a baseball game. And I was at a baseball game, like, you know, last week. Yeah. And uh, occasionally I go to see ball games. You yeah. know, not often. You know, yeah. probably yeah. twice a week. Rumor, rumor has it, yeah. Rumor has it, exactly. <laughs> and, I see, and I see a guy catches a ball. And a base, catching a baseball is a big deal, as anyone would tell you. You know, it's a great show. Sure. You know, he could go even though you could go into the store right. and, buy, and whatever it is, you could buy that ball, buy that baseball. But then the guy catches the ball and he slips it to a little kid oh. next to him. Oh, well, he doesn't know, right? Yeah, you have to see this young man. Oh my, boy, come I, on! There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. You just created a memory. You just created a memory for this little, this, this young man for yeah. life. Yeah, 100%. It's pretty amazing. And uh, you see their uh, face light up. And uh, and that guy, if he's lucky, will get on the, the highlights that night. <laughs> Handing <laughs> or tossing that ball to a little kid. Uh, Tuesday morning at JM in the AM. Steve Adelsberg is with us. All right, Steve, final statement. I would assume, I would assume that with all the distinctions you've enjoyed and you've had an opportunity to do a lot of wonderful things in the community, everyone knows that, uh, and you've chaired other things before for us and many others, and there have been many events and there have been many uh, causes and occasions, I would have to imagine that this appointment, this distinction of being the chairman of the JM and the AM Elul Chesed campaign, with everything you've experienced, this one is second to none. Well, then I have to just quote the great Groucho Marx. Yeah. <laughs> I know <Anybody>. what's coming. <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> Anybody who would have me as a chairman, you got to think twice about joining this group. <laughs> You're lucky that everyone's pretty enthusiastic to begin with about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's this Groucho Marx guy? <laughs> Uh, amazing. Uh, also, one other thing, everybody, in 5782, assuming this COVID thing actually does start to get under control, uh, we are going to bring Steve Adelsberg into our studio in New York City. He has a uh, he has some great stories about some of the landmark uh, religious institutions of the Lower East Side of Manhattan, where we sit every single day. So we'll hopefully have that conversation live and in person at some point. Uh, during the brand new year, and he's, I certainly look forward well, we to that. We do have to give a sh- Malcolm. We have to give a shout out because you know whose birthday was yesterday. Who? Ronnie Bloomberg. Oh, the designated Hebrew. The designated Hebrew, Lenny Kramer, my my Gabi and Sackalike of thirty of forty years, said to me, "By the way, you're going on tomorrow. You got to give the designated Hebrew his due." <laughs> Ronnie, hey, we had a great night with Ronnie. You and I almost mm-hmm. got a word in edgewise, almost. <laughs> Exactly. It was, it was a exactly. tough one. It's a, he, he's like a monologue. You invite Ronnie to do a lecture or a Zoom call for everybody. He's like a monologue, but his stories are pretty remarkable. And according, yeah, we, and a, we both admitted after he is one proud 
Jew. Uh, no question about it. A real proud Jew. And you actually said to me that you think half the stories he told were actually true, which is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, never let, never let the facts stop a good story. <laughs> exactly. Come on. And he has some good ones, that's for sure. <laughs> Steve, I take this opportunity to wish you and your family and everybody at Sackett Lake and Brooklyn, New York, a very happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. In all seriousness, I hope that these conversations, which are fun and uh, which um, certainly attract attention, I hope they do spur people on to do nice things for others and keep other people in mind before Yontif. And I thank you very much for all of that. I mean, I mean, I mean, and only good things. I mean, thank you so much. Happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Steve Adelsberg, chairman of the El Chesed campaign, but more importantly, somebody who's willing to come on and just encourage people to just do, think of something you can do for others to make their Yontif season just a little bit better and more happy. Tuesday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Steve Adelsberg. And speaking of Elul Chesed campaign, IDF Sergeant Srilly Wiener was with us. He's designated a project to provide Lulavim and Esrogim to Israeli soldiers at their bases. And uh, we can participate. All the details are in this conversation. My conversation with Srilly Wiener recently on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, um, we're adding to our Elul Chesed campaign the ability to provide a lulav and esrog for an Israeli soldier. How do you like that? For many years, the Israeli Defense Forces have supplied its soldiers with arbaminim for sukkahs. They've given them lulavim and esrogim. Due to budgetary restrictions and planning complications, there aren't enough sets to accommodate the soldiers interested in fulfilling this mitzvah in 2020, Sergeant Yisrael Wiener, Srilly Wiener's unit in the Kfir Infantry Brigade had only 15 sets for over 100 soldiers. Now a commander in the IDF, Srilly created Arbaminim for Chayalim in coordination with the IDF to supply Arbaminim to the almost 5,000 active and reserve soldiers interested in receiving them. Your donation helps ensure delivery of quality Arbaminim sets for the troops, which can be accompanied by a personal note enhancing the connection with our dear soldiers. Srilly Wiener, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'd have to assume that you grew up, uh, you know, with most people in shul having a, a set of Lulavim and Esrogim. What was the experience like when you looked around in your army days and there were so few sets to go around? I'll tell you even more than that. I've been providing sets. I've been selling them for the past uh, about 13 years, since I'm nine years old. So I've been around them so much every Chag, and then to kind of, you know, get into the Army, the first year where I closed, uh, I was in for Sukkot, it was kind of a shock. I, you know, quickly tried to get us a couple more sets, but, you know, it was too late, um, and it was kind of upsetting to see that, you know, you can't really get the amount and the sets that you need to fulfill the mitzvah, um, so it was kind of... Uh, kind of depressing, I'm not going to lie. I can imagine. Well, you're able to uh, take this holiday, which is supposed to be a joyous one, and make it a bit joyous, a bit more joyous for the soldiers, and now we can participate with you uh, by actually providing Arbaminim, providing Setsu Lovim and Estrogim uh, for these soldiers of the Israeli army. And, and, and I'm assuming, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, and certainly I, you know, I maybe I'm saying this out of naivete, but I'm assuming that uh, based on what we've, heard of, what we've heard over the years, basic religious necessities um, uh, are provided by the Army, or at least they intend to, 
But often because of logistics and because of cost, some of the things that you would want the soldiers to have uh, simply uh, can't be delivered to them in advance of a holiday or a special occasion. Would that be a fair way of saying it, that, that they do their best, but it doesn't always work out? Correct, 100%. I mean, they're well-equipped for this. Uh, they do it every year. Um, they try their best. But yet again, you know, it's a huge organization. And any organization, you know, that has the size of the amount of soldiers like uh, the IDF, they can't get to every soldier. And they don't, also they don't have the exact numbers. Right. So after speaking to a bunch of chief rabbis in the army and commanders, and I really wanted to see if there was just an issue with my uh, brigade or if it was, you know, for the entire IDF. And it turns out the IDF buys a total of 6,000 sets a year for soldiers. That's it. Only 6,000 sets for about, I would say, triple the amount of religious or, you know, Masoreti, uh soldiers who just want to make the bracha. Um, so hopefully... Uh, we can try to change that, and we've got this program up and running with conjunction with um, uh, Mizrahi Worldwide and Shir Hadash, where we kind of use their platform for their 501c3, and we set it all up, and we have a nice website. And I truly, really, really want to emphasize that I really want to make that connection with people in America and a soldier here in Israel. That's why we set up an email where people can send in uh, notes, pictures, whatever they'd like, um, bar mitzvah projects, bat mitzvah projects, to really get uh, each soldier and send them a note. We'll put it into the set. Um, if you don't have enough notes, we'll print a couple of them three or four times to get them, you know, that each soldier would open up his set and really, really feel connected to someone in America. Very cool. Really good idea, I must say. And as you pointed out, for the kids, for the bar and bat mitzvah uh, youngsters and their... Um and their colleagues, it's really a perfect way to connect uh, to the soldiers of Israel. Information and to donate, everybody, there's a website, Mizrahi.org slash 4 That's the number 4, Mizrahi.org slash 4 You'll see there some of the people who've already given and their special messages. You'll also see there an opportunity for you yourself to donate and a real opportunity uh, to connect the young people uh, and all people of all ages uh, to the uh, Israeli soldiers through the Arba Minim. Mizrahi.org slash 4 Minim. Mizrahi.org slash the number 4 and then M-I-N-I-M. Minim. Uh, a palindrome. Mizrahi.org slash 4 Minim. There are different uh, donation opportunities I mentioned. I'm sure there are people wondering because this time of year people always start to wonder what a what a set of Lulav and Estrug uh, actually costs. What are you asking uh, p- people around the world to donate in order to get a set to a soldier? So listen, um, I'm not only trying to get a, a, a random set to a soldier. My goal is to get a nice set for a soldier. That way, you know, he feels at home. He doesn't have all the spots on the etro. You know, mamash, a nice looking set. So we're nice. getting them, hopefully, an Aleph set, Modar Aleph, which is a total of $27 plus logistics and really getting it to every base, hopefully, that we can. Um, so a first one set costs $27, and you have uh, the ability to give as much. You know, we've had people give $1,800. We've had some people who gave larger amounts who decide to stay anonymous, really hoping to, you know, if you want to sponsor a brigade or anything, as Rabbi uh, Rav David, who was on before me with his chizuk, let the reins loose, you know. Just really hopefully get uh, 
each uh, soldier the set that they need, and Bezrat Hashem will really get to every soldier that wants to, uh, you know, fulfill this mitzvah. You know, Shruli, for those who are listening in the five boroughs, they hear $27 for an enhanced set, and they're saying that's quite a bargain, frankly, because by, Ameri- <laughs> by, by American standards, uh, normally a set with that description would be a lot more. So if we now can take advantage of your offer and for 27 bucks get an Israeli soldier something really nice, uh, for Sukkis, I agree with you. That's a wonderful way uh, to um, uh, to participate in our Elul Chesed campaign and a wonderful way to connect with our soldiers in Israel. For $54 for two sets, connect the celebrant with a soldier, creating a connection of generosity and chesed. Uh, that would be two sets for $54. That's an opportunity for Bar and Bar Mitzvah. All the information is there on the website. In communities, synagogues, and schools, uh, there are ways, if you want to do a fundraiser, there are ways uh, to support an entire company of soldiers, uh, for example, 200 sets at $5,400 if you're doing a, a fundraising campaign, and obviously you can go up from there. So there are a lot of unique opportunities here. Uh, when you start by giving a Lulavanestrik to a soldier, you are establishing a connection and teaching our children uh, just how much they should keep our soldiers who are on the other side of the world keeping us safe, yes, as I always say, keeping us safe, in mind. Again, the website, Mizrahi.org slash four Minim. Mizrahi.org slash the number four and then M I N I M. If you do use that website, it is a tax deductible donation, uh, which of course uh, supports the cause. And then they go in turn go ahead and uh, and provide the love and a slogan for Israeli soldiers. And uh surely I not not to belabor the point, but I, I can only imagine that uh, that uh, uh, young men and women who are used to being surrounded by Lulavim and Esrogim uh, for the holiday, when there's a shortage, it has to be somewhat of a depressing feeling. So if we're going to take the uh, edict seriously that Sukkot has to be a Simchadik holiday and one that brings tremendous joy, uh, it's not just practically giving a soldier a Lulav and Esrog, which is, of course, you know, fulfilling something really important, uh, but it's also putting a big smile on their face, and I'm sure you can guarantee that this... Uh, that this program is putting a lot of smiles on soldiers' faces. 100%. And please, please, please use the email link that's on the site and send as many pictures and notes. Uh, I'm telling you, as a soldier, that was one of the most amazing things that I got when I got Mishpachim a note, when, you know, people really write you a note. It really puts a smile on your face. You know, you don't know where you're going to catch that soldier, if he's after a bad day or anything like that. It really helps us out. And uh, hopefully we can put on a lot of smiles on uh, soldiers' faces, like you just said. A hundred percent. The uh, the email is pretty simple. Surely for meanim at gmail dot com. But again, if you go to the website, you'll see that, and you'll see all the information regarding the program. Uh, we will continue and encourage people as part of our El Chesed campaign, and as we get closer and closer to Sukkis, uh, to uh, support the Israeli soldiers and this effort to get them. Uh, Arba Minim. It's Mizrahi.org slash 4Minim. Mizrahi.org slash 4Minim. Shirley Wiener, wishing you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. What a great concept. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. And I hope over the next couple of weeks our listeners will respond and really help you get these sets to the soldiers. Amen, 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 amen. Toda rava. Thank you so, so much. A pleasure. Monday morning broadcast. JM and the AM as we continue. Yes, yes, our Elul Chesed campaign now has multiple components. <laughs> it seems we are always, and this is how Chesed works, it seems we are always adding and adding different uh, ideas and different concepts to the uh, Elul Chesed campaign. And we ask that all of you consider this one.
After all, it's a good one. Uh, and uh, let's uh, help the Israeli soldiers observe Sukkot in as best and uh, in, in as a muhudar way as possible. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Sergeant Srilly Wiener. Thanks so much for tuning in to JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up all day long if you keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.